Today on The Exam Room. So when we're talking about a vegan diet, does diet quality matter? You know, there are some people who say it has to be a whole food plant-based diet and it has to be SOS free. And, you know, another group of people are like, Oh, come on. You don't need to be that strict. If you're going vegan, there's still a room for a little bit of some processed foods that may not be nutritionally as dense, but that, you know, kind of increase the enjoyment of the diet, right? Sometimes when people just like push uh, people too much, like it's just black or white, people who are not vegan respond in a negative way. And they're like, if vegan unhealthy foods are in the same boat as unhealthy non-vegan foods, why even bother with a vegan diet? Like, let me just stay where I am and I don't need to change anything. And to this argument, I'd like to say... Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, raising health IQs coast to coast and around the world in great cities like Springfield, Massachusetts, Corona, California, and Mumbai, India. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 8 of season 7, number 507 overall, and this one is going to be a fast-moving show. And the question is this, just being vegan or whole food plant-based? When it comes to being vegan, does diet quality matter? You know, whole food plant-based is the gold standard for healthy eating in plant-based circles, but a lot of people say, that's just too hard. I could never do that. And in the other corner, this other group of people say, well, look, if you just cut out the meat, you cut out the dairy, you cut out the fish, you are going to be golden and no other rules really apply. So if you want an impossible burger with a big old slice of dairy-free cheese, a little bit of greasy vegan pizza, well, giddy up. Wash that all down with a big old plant-based milkshake. Indulge, my friend, indulge, and you will still get the big health benefits. Seems kind of counter to a lot of some other things that we may have heard. So what is the truth? Well, today we are going to be bringing in a great health researcher. She is the director of clinical research at the Physicians Committee. As a matter of fact, she is our dear friend, Dr. Hanna Kaliova. She and her team of researchers actually looked into this very question. Is being vegan enough? Or do you really need to drill down further? So what she and her team found might just surprise you. But before we get that answer, I have an exciting offer for Exam Room VIPs. Now through January 18th, that is this Thursday, you will have exclusive presale access to tickets to the Power Foods Revolution Show at the National Press Club on March 26th. So you can join me, Dr. Neil Barnard, Chef Dustin Harder, and Stephanie Ignafo from Plantspiration for an unforgettable night celebrating the release of Dr. Barnard's new book, The Power Foods Diet. And we are going to be taping an episode of The Exam Room live and in person. And you will learn that night how to unleash the power of food to optimize your health and feel your very best. 
And now here's the best part. You get a signed copy of the Power Foods Diet when you purchase a ticket. You can get it right there at the show. And that night, you will also get the opportunity to taste some of Chef Dustin's incredible recipes that are featured in the Power Foods Diet. And naturally, we're going to have some time to chit-chat, grab some photos, and hang out. It's just going to be an unforgettable, tasty night of health. And there is a link for Exam Room VIPs to reserve their seats right now in the episode notes. And if you are not yet an Exam Room VIP, sign up today. Completely free, doesn't cost you a dime. Just head to pcrm.org slash VIP to sign up. And I do hope to see you on March 26th for the Power Foods Revolution right here on the Exam Room. But right now... Let's talk diet quality. Is being vegan enough for your health or do you have to take it to the next level? Well, let's find out with Dr. Hanna Kaliova and her research right now on The Exam Room. Dr. Hanna Kaliova, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Chuck. So this is an interesting question. I am so thrilled to be talking about this. I can't even begin to tell you how many emails we get from people who are like, well, listen, what about all of these Impossible Whoppers and all of the frozen vegan dinners that I see now in the grocery store? Can I still eat those and be healthy? And really, because a lot of this is still so new, we're still kind of figuring all that out. But it seems like you and your team of researchers are starting to piece this puzzle together. What can you tell us? Yeah, absolutely. This is a super important topic. Uh, so when we're talking about a vegan diet, does diet quality matter? Uh, well, uh, you summed it up, Chuck. You know, there are some people who say it has to be a whole food plant-based diet and it has to be SOS-free. <laughs> and, you know, another group of people are like, Oh, come on. You don't need to be that strict. You know, like if you're if you're going vegan, there's still a room uh, for a little bit of some, you know, processed foods that may not be, you know, nutritionally as dense, but that, you know, kind of increase the enjoyment of the diet. Right. And uh, sometimes when the whole food plant based people just like push uh, people too much like your your diet needs to be ideal or it's just black or white then sometimes what happens is that people who are not vegan respond in a negative way and they're like i cannot eat only vegetables all the time <laughs> like i need you know some pizza and chips like i could do vegan but if it's not good then i'll just stay where i am so this debate is really important for people. And sometimes uh, the the non-vegan people even feel like if vegan unhealthy foods are uh, kind of in the same boat as unhealthy non-vegan foods, why even bother with a, with a vegan diet? Like, let me just stay where I am and I don't need to change anything. Uh, and to this argument, I'd like to say, look, uh, junk food is not the same coming from animal and from plant sources. Uh, so when we look at red meat consumption and the risk of diabetes, 
each half a serving a day uh, was associated with an increased risk of by 48% of type 2 diabetes. And, uh, you know, this is just enormous. Uh, while with the so-called unhealthy vegan foods, the risk is um, not that great at all. Uh, hold that thought. I'll come to the numbers a bit later. But let me first start with what is healthy plant foods and what is unhealthy plant foods. Uh, there, you know, there are some classifications. One of the most widely used uh, systems is the plant-based dietary index, which gives uh, negative points to all animal foods. So that's meat, fish, eggs, dairy, and animal fat and gives positive points to all plant foods, and then divides up the plant foods in the healthy and unhealthy plant foods. So to give you some visual, the healthy plant foods in this classification, uh, these contain uh, the fruits and vegetables and whole grains and legumes, nuts and seeds, uh, healthy plant oils, and it also includes coffee and tea. The unhealthy uh, plant foods in this classification include uh, fruit juice, white bread, uh, and uh, you know processed grains, uh, sodas, sweets, and also potatoes. So you may have noticed some. Uh, kind of discrepancies, like why, for example, would oil be a part of the healthy plant foods? Or why would potatoes be a part of the unhealthy plant foods? Well, this is a classification um, that comes from observational studies. And that's why we decided to take a closer look and uh, remember how in the beginning I told you that uh, half, a, half a serving of red meat a day increases the risk of type 2 diabetes by 48%. Uh, let's look at the healthy and unhealthy plant foods and the diabetes risk. So uh, this is an, is an analysis of three large observational studies in the U.S., and uh, over the follow-up, uh, the, the increase in plant-based, the overall plant-based dietary index by 10% was associated with a 7% decrease in the risk of diabetes. So the more plant foods in general you eat, the better. Uh, if you only increase the, the consumption of plant foods by 10%, then your risk of diabetes went down by 7%, which is pretty good. If people started consuming more of the healthy plant foods, um, you know, uh, classified um, previously, then the risk of diabetes went down by 9% for each 10% increase in the healthy plant-based dietary index. Now, when people changed the consumption of unhealthy plant-based dietary index or unhealthy plant-based foods, the risk of diabetes didn't change at all. 
So uh, these were not the healthiest, this was not the healthiest option um, because, you know, if you, if you ate veggies instead of white bread or sweets, you would get benefits, obviously, in the, you know, in the reduction of diabetes. But no increase in diabetes is still much better than a 48% increase uh, with, with red meat, with only half a portion a day. Uh, so that's to summarize like the context for, the, for this discussion. And we decided to analyze the data from our randomized clinical trial in which we had 244 overweight people who needed to lose some weight. And we randomly assigned them to follow a low-fat vegan diet, which consisted of fruits and vegetables and grains and legumes for 16 weeks. And the other group, they stayed on their usual diet for 16 weeks. Now, as expected, on the low-fat vegan diet, people were losing nicely weight. You know, they lost about 14 pounds on average in 16 weeks. So that's about one pound a week. Uh, and most of the weight loss was due to fat loss. Now, what happened to the plant-based dietary index? So obviously, they switched to a vegan diet. So the plant-based dietary index increased significantly on the vegan diet. And what happened to the healthy and unhealthy plant-based dietary index? The healthy plant-based dietary index increased significantly. Uh, and uh, the same for the unhealthy plant-based dietary index. In other words, people started consuming more plant foods coming both from healthy foods, um, according to the classification that was shared earlier, and to a lesser extent, also due to an increase in unhealthy, so-called unhealthy plant-based foods. Now, what was fascinating is, what, is that we tested out the relationship between all these three indices and weight loss. And we found out that all plant foods were associated with weight loss. So, um, coming off of all the animal products was beneficial for, for, for body weight. People lost weight by just going vegan, by starting to consume uh, the, the plant foods, both healthy and to a lesser extent, also the unhealthy foods. So even the, the so-called unhealthy plant foods uh, were helping with weight loss, even though to a lesser extent than the so-called healthy plant foods. And what we also found out is that oil uh, and any, any fat, including oil, was actually slowing down the weight loss. So it should not be included in the healthy uh, plant foods. So... <laughs> to summarize, where's the line between the healthy and the unhealthy plant foods? Well, uh, I, you know, I'd like to know uh, what you think. Uh, let me just say that sometimes even, 
even some of the liabilities may be turned into assets. And what I mean by that, when you have someone who needs to lose weight, who's not vegan, uh, you know, by emphasizing how whole food, plant-based diet they need to follow and that they, they cannot eat any, any chips, sometimes, um, you know, when we relax the rules a bit, uh, we can really help them because even the so-called unhealthy plant foods may become assets for their weight loss. By just going vegan, it may really help them. Uh, and with that, I'd like to encourage you to eat plants. Uh, I guess I'm on the right show for this, right? <laughs> I would say so for sure. Uh, man, that brings up a lot of questions, Dr. Kaliova, a whole lot of questions. Um, I want to start first with fat because, uh, as we know, uh, fat really is a big driver in terms of diabetes risk. But then I hear you yeah. talking about even these unhealthy, uh, quote unquote, uh, plant-based foods are really going to help somebody lower the risk of diabetes. So is that to say that something like an avocado or coconut or nuts and seeds that are notoriously higher in fat than other plant foods, they're not going to pose at all that same diabetes risk that uh, a meat or dairy-derived product would. Uh, that's right. But I need to say that what we used uh, as a study diet was a low-fat vegan diet. So people were benefiting from the low-fat vegan diet and keeping the fat content low um, that meant minimizing the oil consumption and minimizing also the nut and avocado consumption. All right. So can you give us then an example of some of the less healthy, the more unhealthy, quote unquote, again, uh, vegan foods that these uh, individuals on the low fat diet were eating just so people were like, huh, OK, well, maybe roasted chickpeas, for example, would have been OK in this particular study. Uh, so the quote-unquote uh, unhealthy plant foods, they include, include for example, orange juice. Um, you know, but in some studies, it's been shown that uh, fruit juice, like 100% orange juice or, or other fruit juices, they reduce cardiovascular risk and may also help with weight loss, actually. Uh, so, you know, let me just say it's questionable whether to include fruit juice among the unhealthy plant foods. Another so-called unhealthy plant food would be potatoes. And again, this is coming from observational studies where uh, French fries is the mostly consumed vegetable in the United States. But what do people consume their French fries with? They get a they get a burger with with French fries. So of course, uh, but can you include, let's say, potatoes in your in your diet when you consume beans or bean chili with your potatoes? Um, I think you know the answer is clear. Uh, then another food, so we have fruit juice and potatoes so far among the so-called unhealthy plant foods. Then we have white bread and processed grains. So that would include white rice, um, white bread. And, you know, sometimes you're in a situation 
um, where you'd like to choose some whole grains, uh, but maybe you the best you can do for lunch uh, is a Subway sandwich. And you cannot get the, get the whole grain all the time. So sometimes you just need to settle for, uh, for white bread. And uh, the results from our study suggest that you don't need to worry about it so much, that it's more important for you uh, to get a vegan sandwich, even if it's with white bread, then sometimes, you know, sometimes people make different choices based on, oh, it has to be, you know, this and that. And it's kind of becoming all or nothing. And the, the last two unhealthy uh, plant foods included soda and sweets. And in our sub-analysis, uh, sweets kind of slow down the weight loss. Uh, but most probably not because of, of the sugar only, uh, but most probably because sweets also tend to contain, it tends to be a combination of sugar and some fat. Uh, like when you, when you look at cookies or uh, chocolate, both of them contain not only sugar, but also fat. This is, I mean, man alive, this is interesting to me. So you've mentioned potatoes uh, a number of times. Are we talking specifically about white potatoes here? Or are we lumping in sweet potatoes, even Japanese purple sweet potatoes here? Uh, so the data from the observational studies uh, classify only white potatoes among the unhealthy, you know, plant foods. Um, but all I'm saying is that they they analyzed the data from the observational studies from the U.S., where French fries is the most consumed vegetable. And, uh, you know, people consume French fries mostly with burgers, with, with uh, meats and with cheese. Uh, so is it the potatoes or is it the other foods that they, they're consuming their potatoes with? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm wondering is if you are introducing more plant foods in general, are a lot of these benefits coming simply because you're crowding out mm. a lot of right. the even greater unhealthy foods, the burger, for instance, right? That's not on your plate, boom, automatically, you're going to see a benefit yeah. because you're yeah. just not eating the hamburger at that point. That's exactly right, yeah. Okay. Interesting stuff. You know what I would love to see done? I would love to see this broken down a little bit further and get a little mm -hmm. bit more refined, even though you know, refined, that's kind of a dirty word on this show. Yay. <laughs> but I would love to see the, the data refined a little bit further so that we could break it down and look at something like, okay, uh, I mean, we're talking about white rice and, and whole potatoes here, you know, even French fries. So, all right, well, let's make a delineation then between a baked russet potato, a white mm -hmm. potato, and then French fries. What's the difference there in terms of health impact. Uh, what's the difference between a baked sweet potato and sweet mm -hmm. potato chips? What's the difference there? Let's look at the difference between an impossible burger and a regular beef whopper from Burger King, something like that. Let's really break it down and really get in there um, and, and and find our, our answers. Because uh, I think that there's, I mean, this is uh, nutrition science. It's still kind of an emerging thing. So there's a lot of room for growth. But do you yeah. think that if we were to really take a closer look at, at everything kind of in that regard and really break it down, you know, would we continue to see some surprising findings there? Would that be beneficial, do you think? 
Oh, I love this proposal. I love this suggestion, Chuck. Uh, and I have some good news for you because we have some analyses in the works right now that will actually look at the, all these foods in more detail. So stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm holding on with beta breath here because I mean, I just, I, I mean, I'm obviously not the doctor here. I'm not the researcher, um, but I just, I'm a lay kind of a guy, and I just find it hard to believe that there's not, you know, like red light, yellow light, and then green light here, mm -hmm. where you could really break it down a little bit further. So if you look at cheese, you could say, okay, well, you know, full fat cheddar, that's going to be in the red light. Then you've got your vegan cheddar, which is commercially marketed. Well, maybe, maybe that would fall mm -hmm. in the yellow camp. And then the green light would be something like nutritional yeast. Right. So yeah. you break it down like that. And then we could really look at the, the metabolic effects here uh, that food could have. That's just fascinating stuff. Um, because, again, you know, I was having this conversation not too terribly long ago on the show with Dr. Barnard, you know, even in, in terms of cholesterol risk and some of the mm -hmm. whole plant foods like co coconut. Right. You eat a lot of coconut, your yeah. cholesterol is going to go up. So I would imagine that a lot of these processed foods that are, are coconut derived, you would see an effect on cholesterol there, even though they are plant based. I don't know. It's fascinating. I just want to see more research. So bring it on, Dr. Kaliov. Just just keep bringing it back up the truck of knowledge. Would you please? Oh, oh my pleasure. Absolutely. If you would like to watch Dr. Kaliova's entire presentation, she put together these great slides to accompany her data. You can do that right now on the Physicians Committee's YouTube channel. There's a link to that right now in the episode notes. Also there, you will find a link to the study for you to review. If you want to see the data in its entirety, you can check that out down below in the episode notes as well. And you better believe that after the interview, after we stopped recording, I pressed her for when this research is going to be out, where she's going to further compare the French fry versus the regular baked potato to see what the difference in health benefits there would be. And she was very tight-lipped about it. She was very tight-lipped about it. So I don't have an answer for you. But what I can say is that as soon as that study comes out, you will hear about it here on the podcast. There is no question about that. So just stay tuned a while longer. And I promise you, inquiring minds who want to know, you will know. Just hang in there. So how great was it also that she said to not always have the all or nothing approach when it comes to your food? She's talking about that when she said, sometimes the best that you can do is a plant-based Subway sandwich on white bread. And obviously that is a better choice than loading up that bread with ham and turkey or a meatball sub that's all slathered in cheese. She said, look, just do the best that you can do as often as you can do it, but don't beat yourself up if you don't hit that whole food plant-based standard every single meal. That is, of course, what you should be striving for. We all want to be health champions all of the time. But to be honest with you, I don't know of any player in any sport, in any Hall of Fame who ever had a perfect record. And yet we immortalize these athletes. And I think that we can take the same approach with our diet. Again, the biggest trap is that when you can't hit that high mark, 
you just throw in the towel, you throw it in completely at lunch, and then you load up on all kinds of junk food and tell yourself, eh, I'll get back on track with dinner. But then that rarely happens if we're being honest, right? Because at dinner time, it's more junk food. And then you tell yourself, eh, I'll get back on track tomorrow at breakfast. But then breakfast time rolls around and it's right back to the drive-through to start the next day. And then the can just keeps getting kicked down the road. So never throw in the towel completely. You do the best that you can in the moment, which is always going to be better than giving in completely. And then you should be in pretty good shape. It's a way of protecting yourself from turning a small slip into a major slide. And maybe that's the key to long-term success when it comes to your health. Don't let those small slips become major slides. Don't go from zero to a hundred in terms of junk food. Do the best that you can. Do the best that you can. And don't forget, don't forget the big show in DC on March 26th. If you've had a bit of a slip or a slide, maybe this can be a bit of a, a pick-me-up if you need some encouragement as we head into the summertime, because we're going to be celebrating the release of Dr. Barnard's new book, The Power Foods Diet with The Power Foods Revolution. That's going to be a big live recording of the Exam Room podcast at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. And Exam Room VIPs have an exclusive opportunity to reserve their seats before anyone else through January 18th. And if you are not yet an Exam Room VIP, have no fear. Sign up today for free at pcrm.org slash examroomvip. And there is a link for VIPs to access the presale right now in the episode notes. And with ticket purchases, an autographed copy of Dr. Barnard's book will be included. Plus, you get the opportunity to sample some of the delicious, delectable, scrumptious recipes from Chef Dustin Harder that are going to be featured in the book. He's going to be with us that night. So too will Stephanie Ignafo, who has an incredible transformative story to share with us. Matter of fact, the story of her entire family is second to none. So hope to see you on March 26th for the hope, the inspiration, and the power foods revolution as we tape the exam room at the National Press Club. And there is the exclusive ticket presale opportunity just for exam room VIPs through January 18th. So act fast and get your tickets today. The presale link is in the episode notes, and you can become an exam room VIP for free right now at pcrm.org slash exam room VIP. Nothing to lose and only your health to gain, my friends. And for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to Dr. Hanna Kaliova for being here and raising our diet health IQs. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. Plant-based.